So thank you again for taking the time to do this. I appreciate it. And I think it will be really useful to people who are uh, working in tourism, who are developing their own projects uh, and who are looking for ways to uh, connect with tour operators like yourself. Yeah, so I just wanted to take a second first to thank you for the time. Uh, and to get started, I would ask if you can just share a bit about yourself uh, and your experience in the tourism industry. Thank you, Alex, for uh, the effort you are putting into uh, uh, this tourism industry. I have been reading through uh, some of your newsletters, uh, tourism newsletters. I think you are writing things the world have uh, been missing and those who are lucky to be in your network, I'm very sure they get the value of what you write, what you experience. And so thank you very much for, for that. And thank you for, yeah, having me in your network and uh, deciding to give this interview. My name is Walena Kwasa, certainly Ugandan. I live and work and stay in Uganda from southwestern hills of of Uganda, commonly called the Kabale district, which is the uh, bordering uh, countries like Rwanda and at some point countries like, like Congo. Um, the major common identity I can have there to help someone who wants to know where I come from is a Bwindi impenetrable national park, the home of the mountain gorillas. Um, about a half a kilometer from my village home to, to the National Park. Um, more about myself, I studied tourism and um, a bachelor's in tourism. I have also done a master's degree in business administration. And for a long time, I have worked in tourism industry uh, as a person who is different responsibilities or positions. I worked as a volunteer uh, from an organization called Edelisha. Then I worked as a, uh, a, a coordinator of community-based organizations like Kick Corruption Out of Kigeshi. This was based in Kabale. Uh, I also worked as a coordinator for Kabale Civil Society um, Organization. Yeah, that coordinated community organizations within the southwestern region. I have also uh, been a lecturer for about two years in Kabale University, uh, teaching zoology and botany and tourism planning and marketing. Until then, I joined the company called Kazinga Tours. I worked with them for close to nine years, uh, working as a salesman, and I was involved in the planning for marketing of that company and flying overseas for marketing the company products and Uganda in general. And um, yeah, a little bit of that is about myself. I don't know if there's more that uh, I should share, but for now, I think that that is it. Great. And then your, uh, uh, and then your role with Chukoko? Oh, yeah. Now, that's part of the... Uh, yeah, the, what I have done after then. Yeah, I have, I'm a founder of Chikoko Africa Safaris. And like you might know, I'm also involved in many projects, especially community-based. 
And uh, for now, yeah, everything is that kind of at a standstill because of yeah the pandemic that we are all aware of. But that does not stop the thinking and wishing and dreaming, uh, uh, you know, get stuck. We, we, we keep on. We cannot surrender because there is no option anyway. So um, we will proceed. Um, yeah, a little bit of experience I have about uh, tourism, I should say. Uh, tourism is good. It's a very, very good industry. It's an industry for me that uh, connects the world. It's an industry that opens opportunities for researchers, for business people, for academicians. And, um, it's uh, an industry that uh, tells us that there's much more than what we think about our countries, about ourselves. It's an industry that helps people discover who they are than they never thought they, you know, they could be. And it opens so many fronts of opportunities. And for those who know how it works, really uh, are happy with it. However, it remains a sensitive industry that once there is um, the sounds of a bullet or a gun or a royal somewhere in a small village or town, it affects it very, very badly. Uh, so it's so sensitive. It has its of influential factors, uh, some of which business players cannot control. So at any time, you can really get back to zero. But at the same time, it's an industry that um, can grow so fast and give you what you really want as a business person or as someone, depending on why you do any business anyway. But for tourism, I like it, I love it. And no matter what happens as a risk or challenge, I don't think I'm going to surrender and leave this industry. I will always be in this tourism and I will always try to network and tell the world that, yes, live around doing tourism, but it's very good to travel. It is very good to network. It is very good to see what else is beyond what someone knows. So I love it. I love, I love tourism. The experience can only be good regardless of the challenges and risks we face. Excellent. Uh, and when you think about agriculture and tourism, the combination of the two, what uh, kind of possibilities come to mind? The possibilities are enormous because it's like a question can come and say, without agriculture, without tourism, discuss, or without tourism, without agriculture, you know? So yes, we know agriculture mostly when we enter into um, guest houses, into lodges and into um, accommodation places. That's when we start looking at food. That's when we enjoy, you know, what they have prepared for us. But uh, going beyond the food that is prepared, and you get into the field, into these wonderful gardens. I think agriculture and tourism. I can tell you that agriculture remains one of the hidden gold mine for tourism world players. I think the efforts they put in marketing, um, let's say. Game safaris in Africa, the effort they put in marketing some of these uh, tourism cities, some of these tourism events in towns, if it would be the same effort the world would put in marketing 
agriculture, agriculture products, and particularly in the farmlands, in the gardens, what someone is doing around his home, around her home, around the community. I think the opportunity there is absolutely enormous, it's great. We only need to keep on you know, trying to connect the two to make sure that the world gets to know that agriculture and tourism are actually connected so well and the travelers must get involved in these experiences, especially when they travel to different places. So it's, it's one of that area that remains unattacked. So mm -hmm. it's a huge, huge opportunity for travelers. So when you're speaking to tourists and, and planning their itinerary, uh, and you have this sort of project in mind, say an agritourism project or a community activity, how do you speak with uh, the tourist? How do you propose it? What are the kinds of details you like to mention uh, about an activity for somebody who's never been to the country, who's never uh, heard of what you're describing? Normally, it is it is in the expectation and and fingertips of travelers, uh, depending on where they are going. When if they are coming, for example, to Africa, they associate Africa as a continent of, yeah, of, of animals, a continent of forests, national parks, a continent of wildlife, which basically is true because of our weather and the climate that we have. So they come with the expectation of, yeah, get the giraffe, take the photo of the zebra, and if we're lucky, then track the mountain gorillas. If they're in Tanzania, maybe they think about the way the beast and then they, Kilimanjaro, of course, but let me be specific to tell you that, yes, they have high expectation of nature and wildlife. So it is a lot and responsibility of the two operator or the two prayer to say that there's much more than the nature can provide. There's much more than the wildlife they know. And there is much more than the people they just think. When you think of Uganda and Ugandans, yes, yeah, you know that. But who are the Ugandans? What do they eat? What is their culture? How do they survive from day-to-day -day, uh, life? And normally what I say is that I try to tell them that tourism is everything, depending on how you package your information. Because look, you come from Europe or you come from America and you are here in, in Uganda. Yes, capital city is also different already, but on the roads, everything is different. But get to a point where you are up country and you are in these villages, you are in these communities. Everything you see is new. Every story you give, tourism is about giving information. So every information you give is, is very, very special. So it depends on how you package it, but in the way you communicate it is to encourage them to know, yes, you have seen the Lake Victoria, you have seen the national parks we have, the great episode we have, but it's much more than just seeing, even meeting the Ugandan friendly people. I tell them, look, get into these homes, get into these communities, get into the small garden they have, get into their kitchen and see what they prepare and how they prepare it. Can you participate in going into the field, collect food for yourself? Luckily, this food is fresh and at most very organic. Pick it, go to the kitchen and prepare it. Some of them have never seen, if we talk of a pineapple, 
if we talk about banana, they think about maybe bananas, one, just one, one what? But we have over 10 different species of bananas. If, and in fact, Uganda has, is among the top three countries that has great varieties of bananas, for example. And these people, most travelers, they don't know. It's banana, it's banana. It's yellow banana, it's yellow banana. But we have different types of what we take as banana for food, as banana for yellow bananas, and as banana for uh, making pottage or alcohol or whatever they So there is a lot that clients or travelers miss when they don't get into this part of agriculture, into this part of, 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 of communities. And as for me, with my company, we are lucky. We have always encouraged and actually surprised our clients that it's not about what they thought, but there is much more on menu. So mm-hmm. we promise less, but in fact, we do more. And when you actually click on www.chukoko.travel, you will really see the reviews on Drip Advisor they give about, about us. So we are doing great in telling people that there's much more than they expect. And I hope I have answered your question, Mark. Yeah, of course. Um, so when you're putting together these itineraries, uh, clearly there are, there are some constraints, whether a client has a, a budgetary uh, limit or they can only travel for so many number of days. Um, when you're thinking about adding maybe a new community project or a new agricultural project, project to your uh, itinerary, how do you think about how it fits in? Is there, uh, does it need to be within a certain distance of the other projects that you visit or the other uh, cultural sites? Does it need to be like say within an hour or within three hours, or would you consider adding a full day for these kinds of projects? Does it, how do you evaluate that portion? That, that, is, that is where the challenge comes in for many tourism players, because they tend to focus and give priorities to, they say, Cameroon tracking or gorilla tracking or the, the game drives and safaris. And this is because they think this is what the, the mind of a traveler is up to. And they give this time one day or two days or 10 days um, uh, priority to the nature and wildlife. Time has never been enough. It is only how you budget it and the priorities you have. So because of my experience with how clients are always happy, I always try to make sure that these community projects are given priority. Mm. So I look at the percentage, the percentage of satisfaction. If a client is in Uganda for 10 days, can and, and, and there are highlights about um, game drive, highlights about uh, primate tracking, maybe this is about two to three days or four, I try to bring the third point or the fourth uh, attraction or highlight as part of the community experience. So I give it enough time in planning already. I don't, I don't wait until they are here. And then I start adjusting, uh, you know, there is this one here, there is, so I prepare it in a way that you have this community visit to make, you have this uh, uh, tribal to visit, you have this activity in the community to participate in. I talk about it, I shape it, and I call it as a kind of not something to miss. 
And because clients are already like, okay, oh, what is this? So it's not about the hour or the 15 minutes or three hours you drive. It's not about that. It's about how you prepare. You mm. cannot tell me that someone flies from Europe 8,000 kilometers and then, gosh, when is in Uganda, you're talking about that the distance is too far of three hours or one hour. Mm -hmm. Hey, come on. It, it doesn't work. So it, it's about the packaging and how much do you know about these communities and their culture and their food and their activities. The, the challenge people get, these players are, are not informed about agro-tourism products, are not informed about these communities and what they can do. But those who are informed, those who know how to talk and package whatever they have, we sell nothing. We sell information. Mm. Even the, the whatever, we, we sell information. So everything is information. Package your information properly, know it, know what you involve your clients in, and they will be happy to participate. They will always follow your advice. So time is not a problem. Perfect. Now, I had the pleasure of getting to know Uganda with you uh, and see you interact with uh, accommodations and restaurants and uh, tour projects. So I'm just curious, generally speaking, since you founded a tourism company, how do you hear about new tourism activities or new agritourism agri products, let's say? How do, how do they come across your, uh, or how, I guess, how do they come across your desk or is it? They, they, thank you so much. The challenge we have is that uh, people are lazy. <laughs> people are lazy to think, people are lazy to research, people are lazy to even know what they should know. And, and, and because of this, uh, Luckily, some tourism players, for example, in Uganda, everything we have is kind of new. Uganda is a new destination. Uganda is not known. So if you bring someone and stops in Entebbe, in Kampala, and maybe visits one of the smallest national park like Dekimburo, the client will go back really happy. We have over 50 uh, um, islands around Lake Victoria. No one has ever even, I mean, a few people have tried to go there, but the beaches we could develop here, the, the, the enormous bird species that are around this lake, the activities and the experiences one would get, for example, around Victoria are just enormous. And when we are going to these national parks within the country, what do we do? We just follow specific tour circuits and people, you know, people want, they don't they claim that they don't have days, they don't have enough time, and they have these highlights. So they go into these highlights and basically forget how they should think about other new 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 products. So the challenge is we have we have a lot. Uganda is a country that once you visit and you're here for maybe 15 days and you say you know Uganda, I will say no. You can finish a tour of Saturdays and you still will not know Uganda. Every different village, every different uh, region, every different uh, uh, um, um, uh, 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 place you enter into tells you a lot that you even never thought there is. So for, for me, 
when it comes to the challenge of new products and not being known, agro products not being known, uh, the reason is simple is that whoever comes into Uganda comes maybe for the first time and everything this person will see is attractive, is very, very good and they're happy and that's what they have seen. They see these things that they have never seen in any other African country or in the other world, any other place in the world. And for that, it keeps them just happy, not knowing what they are missing. But even in countries where tourism has taken shape, most of players there, they, it is not easy to be creative, to think right is to create. And people have challenges there. There are so many new tourism products. There are so many agro tourism products. There are so many new experiences. There are so many new activities and happenings. And because by mindset, we associate traveling or travelers or tourists with nature and wildlife, less attention has been given to these new tourism products or new agro tourism products. And the challenge is easy that people are only used to what they know and what they have had, and, and that's it. But for someone to say, I drive 10 kilometers from this destination, inside, left or right, what is there? What story can I develop? People don't do that. Mm. And I think the challenge is there because we have a lot, but a lot is not known. A lot is not talked about. I, I, I'm not sure if I'm getting it to your question, but Maybe you can repeat it again. Uh, yeah, I guess it was for you uh, and Chikoko. How do you like? How do you hear about a new project? Like, let's say something is being developed in Mount Elgon or CP Falls. How do you find out about it? Is it through your tour guides? Is it through um, you visiting these places? Uh, is there okay? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we we normally as as a company policy, uh, one we never take clients to places or products we have not tested ourselves. So we try to always be there first before we start even talking about it. But the major thing we do uh, the approach is research. We have a research desk in Chicago, and we try to let the one individual two to explore a certain area, a certain region. And we have been using district by district. We don't want to know whether the district is attractive, whether there is tourism in the area. We try to always send a driver and a guy and a researcher into these districts. And we also involve a lot of communities, whoever we meet along the way, um, whether you are on a tour or whether you are not on a tour, whichever area you visit, we are always interested to know what they are doing, what is inf new information, what did they know that we don't know. Like in Uganda, we have people who are in Western Uganda and they might not know the, the, the Northern Uganda. We have this area like Karamoja. We, I can tell you, it is only the Karamojong people that know this area. But the rest of Uganda is unless when you have been there to to fight or to, 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 to check, just drive through. But this is an area that is not known. And the Karamajongo people have not also traveled to know, to know the country. Live around the Karamajong. What about the Istanas, the Nozanas, the Westanas? We have many 
are people in Uganda that have not known any of their places apart from where they live. So we don't know our country. And so to say that as a company, we have tried to know that there is that gap, there's that weakness. So wherever we are, if we are in Karamoja, if we are in Northern Uganda, Western Uganda, Central Uganda, Eastern, we don't just go to villages or camps or towards developed activities. We try to involve the communities, listen to their stories. And then we go deep into their gardens, into their homes, into what they have. And this has helped us to collect more information than other tourism players in the country. And when we are shaping these community experiences or products, we put it there. So you find that someone who traveled with Chikoko will share a story. And this story is not shared by any other person. And this is also because we try to bring new things on table. Just maybe to give you uh, some, some example, we are working on an inquiry. This guy is a pilot from Swiss Air, and we have indicated one of the villages called the Chiebe, Chiebe visit. But the information we talk about Chiebe, the way we package it, is so amazing that he wants to actually go and see this village. But when he tried to look on the internet, in the Google, whatever the reach, he couldn't find this village. And he, started, he wrote back and said, guys, I don't see this village. There's no information. What is it? Then that's why we say, okay, that's a surprise for you. The village is not known. People have not gone there, but we know what is there. You will be the first explorer. You may be the first one to discover this area and tell the world that this area is there. So we go out and research and collect information as a company and then package this information for our tourists. Yeah. And when you, so you mentioned maybe going to someone's home or to their garden, uh, hearing their stories, do you have a set of criteria maybe needs to be met for you to say this place is ready to, to welcome uh, tourists? Is, it, um, is there something that you think about as like, now they're ready, we can bring uh, a tour here? I'm my friend, the tourism business uh, is used the business. Uh, hello. Hi. Oh, they, you had freezed the phone. So. I can start again, I think. Please. Um, I will tell you that tourism business is kind of, a, it's being misused. It's a business that is misused by both local and international players. Uh, in this case, I want to give an example that some of these communities where tourism takes place or where tourism always go, they have been turned into beggars. Mm. Some kids don't go to school because they expect a white person or twice will give something. And some many projects in the communities are stage managed. Stage managed in a way that 
you organize maybe people to dance or you organize people to show something and then they are along the way just waiting to dance or shout or whatever and then they ask for money and as a company we say no to this approach we don't participate in stage managed community activities it's very dangerous i can give an example that some of our wildlife especially like the chameleons because kids or some community members know that tourists love these chameleons these local people have gone into a situation of get into the national park get into the bush put the chameleon on a stick and then you are along the road showing the chameleon and guess what they needed to be paid that's very dangerous for the mindset very dangerous for the nature very disturbing stressful for for the chameleon it's disgusting and as a company we don't allow such things to take place so how do we approach these new communities one you have to understand who they are you have to understand what issues they have in terms of understanding other tribes other people how we're coming are they how friendly what is disorganizing them what is disturbing them and how will you be welcomed in their home are you an enemy are you welcomed because we have different tribes in uganda and people view us differently not every tribe is 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 friendly or can easily interact with another because of different languages as well so you have to be sure which community you are entering what language they speak what food they eat what is their culture what are the you know the do's and don'ts and after you have known all this then you have to first be with them be friendly to them and after that introduce yourself and what do you do and start by telling them the don'ts in tourism if you are to introduce a product or bring clients there what are the don'ts and what are the do's so there is what we call preparing and training and orienting a home or a community before you start taking tourists there that once you are with tourists there they will not beg the local communities will not beg they will know the expectations they will live a normal life and they also get to know that some tourists are actually having a lot of financial issues and lifetime private issues than even these local people so you have to first train train fast train people um, tell them what your goals are your vision is and after they understand you you will never have an issue uh, so these were those are kind of the main questions i wanted to ask specifically kind of about your experience about coco's work with the community uh and how you view agritourism products uh is there anything else that you would like to add anything just about um maybe it's kind of the development of agritourism how you view it or uh chukoko's role in the community to to conclude as 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 chukoko uh, africa safaris uh, i can assure you my friend that yes we are a business company we try to make money but the impact we live after we have made this money or during the time when we are making money is something we cautiously and carefully 
uh, take care of. We, we, we try to uh, make money, but we cannot forget that we have a legacy. We want to set a legacy um, as a company that anyone else can say, yes, this was a true company to deal with. We are very sensitive with people's culture, with people's norms of life, with people's understanding. We try to avoid judging uh, situations wherever we are. And we are participating so deeply into um, uh, climate change contributions in terms of trying to see as a company, as an individual, what are you doing about climate change, about global warming? And um, even when it comes to uh, this rubbish uh, plastic management, we try to uh, do something small, but we know it will be big if any other person can do it. For example, we have this problem of uh, people drinking water and then you, you, you just let these empty bottles distributed anywhere along the roads or rubbishes or, or whatever you, you call it. And here we have both filters, bottle or water filters. And we ever claim that alive at the airport, we get these bottle filters, then we give to each client and then they drink water from anywhere because these are tested, uh, scientific, uh, scientifically proved bottles that anyone who uses it, you can drink water from any source and you have no problem. So that one, we try to say, look, you can reduce um, the impact of plastics being distributed everywhere. Recently, I think last year I was in Ghana and my friend, what I saw in Ghana, along this, this ocean, I have forgotten the name, it's an unbelievable mess of 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 these of these uh, uh, plastics everywhere the ocean being covered the com it's unbelievable and anyway so to say that we try to do something about that area and when it comes to uh, environment being you know considerate about the environment uh, we try to encourage every client to plant a tree uh, they plant these trees within the regions of the country the essence is not to say that the tree they have planted or the trees they plant are enough, but is to remind them that, look, you are benefiting from the environment. You are happy with this nature. What message do you want to leave behind? So if a client comes from wherever and plants a tree, the local community will see that the tree is planted. You have some sense of belonging to where you are and where you, 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 you have been. And there are these memories that, you know, I have been in Uganda, I planted a tree there. The Ugandans will see that someone uh, came and values the importance of planting trees. So as a company, each client that comes to us, if they don't have time, we charge them $10 and we will find a way to plant this tree for them. And they are very, very happy about that. So